Okay, hello and welcome. Welcome. I'm Heather. I'm Laura. We're Sweet Sweet Death, and yep, here we are again. Finally, yep. again. Dude, well, <laughs> I think the first hesitation was my fault, because we were almost two weeks in, and then I was like, Laura, yeah, I have to change my story. Like, I'm not finding any fucking information on this. What were you originally going to uh, Originally, it was going to be slave patrolling and... In Virginia, how it really started there, like, it started, the first slave patrols were officially, like, South Carolina, Virginia, and just how that kind of morphed into modern-day law enforcement, hmm. just a bit. I mean, it's so different, but the same. It's, Interesting. Yeah. It was just too obscure of a uh, subject. Yeah. There's only one real solid um, uh, source of information, and that was one book. And I was like, I was trying to watch YouTube videos of the author and stuff. And I was trying to read the book. And I was like, I can't, f I don't fucking want to do this. Yeah. So it was like almost two weeks in. And then it was like, had to make that shameful admittance to you. <laughs> it's okay. I was like, it's, I got to change my story. I'm going to need at least a week. And then it uh, just took yeah. forever for us to meet up. But I needed all of that time. I need That's you good. to know that. Yeah. <laughs> I need you to know. About 10 minutes before you got here, Laura, is when I finished typing my story. That's fine. I'm so, exactly yeah. the same. I always am like, wow, I'm such a failure. Yeah. But then I'm like, well, I hope at least Heather is too. Oh, no. always. <laughs> always. You can always count on me to not be done with my shit. <laughs> oh, because like sometimes you'll text me like, I'm so sorry. And I'm always like, she needs to know. Okay. I'm like, dude, I'm barely yeah. halfway through my shit right yeah. now please don't feel okay. bad so yeah it's funny too because my one friend who was like i'm starting a podcast or whatever like mm -hmm. they never recorded their podcast and it's like every time they tried they were always like rewriting things just never yep. done so i'm like well <laughs> that makes me feel better at least i right at least we follow through yeah <laughs> yeah it may not be the best but we like yeah. try real hard yeah so you uh, you had mentioned that your mom was here for your birthday. Yeah. So she told me she was coming for my birthday, in which I found out she actually came to see fucking Keanu Reeves because he was in Denver. And she left my sister and I abandoned us to go to this fucking concert in Denver, which I was so pissed because I literally canceled going to that concert with you for her. <gasps> And then she went to go and see fucking Keanu Reeves. On the same night? Yes. Shut the fuck up, I know. Up, I literally dude. was going to text you, and I was like, did you already leave? But then I was like, oh, oh it's too late. I'm I was so like, It's okay. Sorry. It was like already like, I don't know, like almost eight or something. I was like, oh, she's probably already like there. I had like, left. Yeah. yeah, dude. And I was like, what if I, I was like, oh, it's too complicated. I was like, I'm yeah. too crazy. I already was like, oh, I can't go. And like, yeah. Which dude. I was just like, oh my gosh. I know. I was like, wow. I was like, I can't tell Heather that, but I mean, I'm I told you that, but yeah. yeah. So, well, yeah, because we had like John, I, I kind of like, I love the man, but like, would, if it's a middle of the week concert, he really is not going to want, even yeah. though he insists like, no, 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 I'll be there. He's probably not going <laughs> to yeah. go. It's just how it goes. It's fine. I understand you work early. You don't want to stay up late the night before. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so flogging Molly, it was like Monday. Was it like Sunday or Monday? Yeah. Or, you texted me. Yeah. Like, like less than a week, ago, I yeah. think. And oh my god flogging molly do you want to go it's a random weekday it's like a thursday night or wednesday yeah. or something and and you were like fuck yeah and then like the night before the yeah. day i think it's probably the night before i yeah. think the night before okay. yeah i think because my mom Shit. flew in and then my sister's like 
oh, mom is here. Or my sister Emma called and was like, did mom make it in? And I was like, what the fuck do you mean? Like, did mom make it in? She's like, she's in Denver right now or whatever. Like, like just flew bullshit. In. Yeah, which, yeah, she flew in to surprise me for my birthday. <laughs> really, she just came to fucking meet Keanu Reeves. But, yeah, so. Did she at least meet him? No. Of course so, not. Let me tell you something else. Yes. When she came to Los Angeles with me, that's where I went. <laughs> yeah how did you tell me yes la uh she like so it was like a few weird things like okay sorry it's gonna be kind of a long no it's story. okay let's do so it. we were laying on the bed and she gets like an instagram notification and it's like uh some weird guy messaging her but he like is like pretending to be keanu reeves and she's like, all these weird Keanu Reeves accounts keep messaging me. I was like, why do they keep messaging you? I'm like, that's so weird. She's like, I don't know. And she's like going through her messages showing me like Keanu Reeves, Keanu Reeves. And mm-hmm. I'm like, what the fuck? I was like, that's weird. And I was like, why are they messaging you? And she like had like no explanation for this. And she would like mess around with them and be like, oh, like, because they're pretending to be him, obviously. Yeah. Not him, whatever. So my mom uh, and I, a few days later, go to the Botanic Gardens and she has like this motorcycle shirt on and it's like... His motorcycle company. But oh, I didn't know that. Okay. And the guy's like, oh, whatever motorcycle company, Keanu Reeves or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I was so confused because, like, why am I hearing about him like, again? Yeah. And so then I figure out, after going on my mom's Instagram, she follows, like, all of these Keanu Reeves people. And then she also starts telling me, like, oh, Keanu Reeves and I, we have, like, the same birth chart and this and that and like all of these things where it's like she really believes they're like uh oh like soulmates or something Uh-oh. and i was like okay whatever it's like fine whatever to imagine but she yeah. like i feel like serious mm. about it <laughs> thinks like she's yeah. got a shot and then we again go on like a hike or something a few days after this like maybe a day or two and she starts talking about keanu again and like all of this stuff and like his daughter that died, like a little baby. Oh, oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. and like all this stuff, just like she knows like so much about him. And I was like, wow. So when I got home, I told my sister, I was like, I think mom's like obsessed with Keanu Reeves. And then my sister talked to her and she's like, well, she was like, she was telling me some stuff and it's actually like pretty interesting. Like they do actually have like a lot of like similarities and this and that. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay. So anyways, him and millions of other women, yeah, I'm, I'm sure, like, like <laughs> I have so much in common with Keanu Reeves, the the 27-year-old I work with that's obsessed with him. Yeah. I bet she's like, I, that's my future baby daddy. I swear to God, I heard her say that. I know. So yeah. So I was like, Rachel, do not feed into mom's like delusions or whatever. I'm like, stop like really making her think that she's going to like meet fucking Keanu and they're going to have like this thing, like whatever. I'm like, he's like in love with his wife. Like I always see yeah. things like he like really like whatever. So she comes here. To meet Keanu Reeves or go to his concert for Dog Star. Because I texted her and I was like, what concert are you going to? Because she had told my sister, but then my sister didn't remember. I was like, what concert is it? And she's like, Dog Star. So then I look up Dog Star and I'm like, who the fuck is this? I'm like, they have like one good song, kind of. Oh, shit. And (laughs) then I see in the photo, Keanu Reeves. And I was like, Rachel. I was like, this is Keanu Reeves' band. That's who she's going to see. And we were both like, what the fuck? <laughs> so then Emma, we call my sister Emma, and she's like, yeah, before she left, she was like, well, I think that, you know, a lot of young girls go to this, and, like, he's going to see me, a woman, and, like, all this stuff. And, like, she was really convinced Uh-oh. that he was, like, going to see her. And, like, but real quick, okay, fine. You, t- <laughs> you went there to take a shot with Keanu Reeves. Who wouldn't do that? I get it. 
She didn't buy you a ticket, though, to go see this no. band? No. She came here, allegedly, for your birthday. And she was like, anyway, I have a ticket for me. Bye. I know. My sister and I were pissed. My sister was more pissed. I was like, eh, whatever. Like, normal mom shit. But whatever. So, I know. I was, like, so offended. Rachel was like, Mom, if you would have invited us, like, we could have really got you to see him or something like that. And I was just like, oh. Dude, I feel like you guys actually probably would yeah. have figured out. Like, dude, we would love for Keanu Reeves to be our stepdad. So, yeah. we will fight for this. Yes. But you need to, like, work with us, woman. Yeah, that's what Rachel was saying. And then, like, I felt bad because then my mom was like, you guys would just make fun of me. Laura already was making fun of me for blah, blah, blah. Which, I mean, I wasn't really making fun of her. But I just thought it was crazy that she really believes this all. And so then, uh... Well, she needs to consider the fact that she... Well, okay, Laura's making fun of me that I flew here supposedly for her birthday but ran to go see Keanu Reeves <laughs> and that I'm texting and, you know, messaging Keanu Reeves impersonators and I, you know, I follow their pages. And But Laura's making yeah, fun of me. Like, girlfriend, like, okay. you cannot set yourself up like this. Yeah, so... Anyways, she, I guess, privately told my sister, like, yeah, like, this guy who had played before him was, like, following her around, so she says, and then eventually approached her, and she was like, hi, and then he just, like, walked away, because I guess he thought she was rude or something, mm-hmm. who fucking knows, that's what she thinks, and then she told my sister, like, she feels like she messed up her destiny, because oh no, this guy was, like, gonna take her backstage or something, and then she would have been introduced to Keanu, and blah, 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 but she was really bummed about it, and... Yeah, I don't know. That's my whole mom's no, obsessed with Keanu cool. thing, and she loves Keanu. Yeah, <laughs> I I would not mind crawling into the arms of Keanu Reeves every night to right. go to bed, <laughs> but you know we're stuck with who we're stuck with, yeah. and uh, we're not beautiful celebrities. So yeah. this is where we're at in life. <laughs> uh, I have a slightly, not a super crazy mom story. It's oh, more okay. a suggestive. I, I have to find out what's going to happen. Okay. Mom story. Well, I'm pretty sure she knows. Look, okay, let me tell you. I, uh, I'm a big defender of Sam Smith. I love Sam Smith. Yeah. Um, you know, they're non-binary. I go on Facebook and I often defend the really stupid, credulous types who, like, are the Bible thumpers. So this, uh, and... I apologize. Well, I'm not really apologizing. I'm very anti-theist. I don't like religion. So I'll just say that out loud because of the comment I said is very offensive. But this woman, like, I love Sam Smith, but I liked it better when he was, you know, himself back then. Whatever. And then goes on to like, y'all worshiping idols and don't give in to sin. And but starts with, I'm not a Bible thumper, but and then follows it up (laughs) with all that shit and like repent and whatever. So then I respond with like, hey, you got to you got to not get your uh, something along the lines of like you can't get your morals from a a book full of stone age philosophy written by goat herders. So, you know, it's 2023, kind of like a wake up with the times, like, yeah. you know. Uh I feel like I said something else semi offensive. Let me look it up. But <laughs> But my parents don't know that I'm atheist and that yeah. I'm pretty fucking anti-theist. And my, they are very religious, grew up in a very religious household. So, yeah, um, my they usually are not on Facebook. I usually post pretty freely eh, for the most part. Yeah. I know that they could pop on. So I don't I there's some stuff I just really don't post. But my dad saw it and just put a little sad face emoji underneath my comment. <laughs> 
I was like, well, it's like a little tear uh Oh, oh my God. So I was like, oh shit. So you told your mom? No, I didn't. I just, I just put, I stand by what I said. I put that in the yeah. comment section. So I either, okay. Cause my mom does this crazy thing where she won't, she won't talk to you directly about it. She'll talk to my dad to talk to us about it. And then she'll not just communicate with us at all. And it's awkward. And she's, she pouts, you know, that's yeah. what she does. So, so yeah, I don't know if she saw it and then had my dad respond to oh. me and now they're, I'm just waiting for them to like call me and talk about it because I mean, I told you about Dave girl, Jesus. Yes. <laughs> that was like, for like a couple hours and suddenly my dad's yeah. like texting me and can we talk to you? We just, we just need to talk to yeah. you. And like, I went home that day thinking like, oh, it's just a phone call. They just want to chat with me. And then to get, you know, started with. That picture you put up on Facebook. It's like, what <laughs> the fuck is this? But yeah, so I was like, well, at 38 wow. years old, they might finally ask me how I feel about oh, religion. God. Yeah. So it's uh, it's gonna be uh, an interesting one. Do you think he told your mom or? I I think she saw it. You really think she did? Yeah. I think she saw it oh and then she gosh. had him. Uh, you know, <laughs> r- talk to me about it. Or they're, or they're just so disappointed they won't even. Uh, oh yeah I mean that's happened a lot in the past of like they're just so disappointed well like my mom that's her thing is like she won't even look at you like for days sometimes weeks like will not (laughs) even acknowledge that you're alive so oh let's see oh yeah okay so I put put away the stonish philosophy of goat herders and think for yourself there's oh there's no gay agenda and then just talking about Christian propaganda how it forces itself on kids and stuff and then yeah just that you're spreading the voice of bigoted people and then my dad sent the sad face emoji <laughs> oh my gosh so we'll see what happens yeah oh gosh yeah it's yeah that's... they'll uh, and then they'll know because <laughs> yeah that's so funny wow yeah anyways well so that's that you want to you want to get to going on your story yeah you're ready to, to Let's yeah. fucking close the chapter right. on Virginia. Get right. out of this goddamn <laughs> state. Okay. Um, am I going first? Uh, I think I think I've gone first the last couple times. Okay, sweet. So yeah. yeah. Okay. So sorry, I'm just gonna sit on my gum so I don't keep like okay. rolling it around. You don't want to ASMR it. No. <laughs> oh shit! Kidding. Do you want water? We have refreshing beverages in our refrigerator. I'm okay. Okay. If you change your mind, you just. Let me know. If I change my mind, I'll ask for a Coke product. No, I'm <laughs> <laughs> ah, Sprite. <laughs> Quench your thirst. Oh, like, no. is Or that's Sierra Mist. Oh, fuck. Oh, oops. Wait. I guess we're not getting sponsored by... Oh. <laughs> I ruined it. Sorry. All right. It's okay. All right. So this story literally sounded like so many other stories that I feel like you've told. I started getting scared. What if she's done this one on, like, a random, like, whatever thing mm-hmm. we've done, but... Hopefully you haven't, but okay. <laughs> um, today I will be talking about the murder of Lucy Pollard. I think that's how you say it in Lunenburg, Virginia, in 1895. Oh my god, I did that. You didn't, did you? No, I. Didn't. Oh, oh my gosh, I was so scared. I was like, <gasps> I was like, I don't remember this because it has a little bit of a different like kind of twist. It doesn't follow the typical script of mm-hmm. many of the stories that we hear that are like this. So that's why I decided to do it. So, obviously, the time is 1895, and Lucy Pollard, the wife of a farmer who was described as well-off, is found lying in the weeds right outside of her back door. This was on June 14th. 
and she was like hacked to death and yeah i quite literally mean like hacked like her eyes were wide open she had gashes all over her face um and it was apparently from an axe i think it said like a meat axe or something like Mm -hmm. that i don't know what that is but an axe and um maybe they mean like a hatchet i don't that's what i thought yeah Hmm. i don't know but her left ear was like almost chopped off like so yeah anyways her glasses were like knocked off um and the thing I read, it said spectacles. I'm like, is that different than glasses or are uh, those like reading glasses? I don't I know. I think that just means glasses. Okay. Like old That's what I thought. I was glasses. like, why is this? Anyways, um, a lens was missing. And despite the horrible scene, her hands were laid neatly on her chest. Like mm. she had been asleep or something. Anyways, Lucy was 56 years old and her husband 72. They lived in what was described as a tobacco county. So rural that it lacked even a single town, and it was so isolated that the railroad nearly bypassed it, end quote. Her oldest husband is the one who found her body and rang the farm bell to alert neighbors who could hear it in the distance. When they arrived, he told them someone had killed Lucy for nearly $800 that had been hidden in the liquor cabinet, which I know you're all wondering how much was $800 in 1895. Well, today it would be nearly $30,000, so. Definitely worth it. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways... Um, obviously, like a lot of these old murder stories, as soon as word spread about her murder, the town was freaking out. And I guess if you could call it a town or, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I was confused because they were like, oh, the whatever. Anyways, um, dozens of people flocked to the scene of the crime to investigate and look for evidence. Is that the whole town though? I, that's what I was wondering. I was like, uh, so maybe like the county, like, yeah, I was confused. I was like, eh. and I was reading so many different articles that's what one of them said so dozens maybe it was three people i don't know they flocked to the scene of the crime to investigate and look for evidence or stomp all over it (laughs) who knows um i suspect they found nothing because as they began canvassing for a suspect they found one in just four short days he was a black (laughs) name a black man named solomon maribel maribel i don't know how to pronounce it um he was seen around in a nearby town called chase using 20 dollar bills which seems normal to me now but this was like the equivalent of almost 800 dollars today and he was a poor black dude who worked at a sawmill so they're like how the fuck do you have 20 dollar bills like mm-hmm. just laying around so as we know lynchings had reached astronomical heights in the 1890s i think i read somewhere that a lynching happened usually like every two or three days at this point Holy and the rapidly shit. changing south i know i was like whoa I mean, I don't know how accurate that is, but... I mean, uh, like, hearing some <laughs> yeah, of these stories, that it, would not shock yeah. me. So, and this is also when Jim Crow was starting to take root. So, segregation was either by statue or personal customs. And I think at this point, it was like, even if it wasn't like a personal custom, like, they wanted you to segregate. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, mob justice was very much the rule at this time. So, it's no surprise that all of the suspects were black, and they all had to be kept in police custody because, much like our other stories, everyone, or at least every white person, wanted to go fucking crazy and lynch these poor black men and women before they were even put on trial and found guilty. And we know that sometimes that didn't even keep them safe either. So, yeah. thankfully, in this case, we won't see any mobs breaking down doors to lynch someone. But um, anyways, their suspect, Solomon, was much like other black men at the time. He struggled to find work. Not only that, he had just been tried and found innocent 18 months earlier for the rape and murder of a woman in North Carolina. Uh, There had also been a depression after the Panic of 1893, so times were just hard for everyone. 
Um, so in the spring of 1895, he eventually found a job hauling timber at a sawmill in Lunenburg County. He lived with his wife and two sons just a few miles from Edward Pollard's farm. So when Solomon used a $20 bill to pay for his breakfast, word spread fast that this poor black man had a $20 bill when he shouldn't have, or at least that's what they thought. So, um, Solomon was an honest man and admitted that, yeah, he had been at the farm that day, but that he had nothing to do with the murder or robbery of Lucy Pollard. He did, however, say that he knew who did it. He claimed three black women by the names of Mary Abernathy, Mary Barnes, and Pokey Barnes, Mary's daughter, committed the crime. He said that they then paid Solomon $20 to keep quiet about it. So Miss Mary Abernathy was a mother of nine kids, yeah, nine, mm-hmm. and was also the wife of one of Mr. Pollard's, Pollard's farmhands who lived on the, on the property. Mm-hmm. She was also the last person to have seen Lucy alive. Mary Barnes, who also happened to have nine fucking kids. Oh, my God. Yeah, I know. Um, also worked as a farmhand for Edward, while her daughter, Pokey, made her living as a laundress. I don't know if that's the part time. I don't, she, I mean. She did laundry. Okay. So, okay. A laundress. Okay, I was thinking, <laughs> like, on the lawn oh. and a dress. <laughs> yeah, no. Okay. I don't know if that's even a, ter- a term. A laundress. I, a laundress. I like that. Okay. So... Um, they all lived quite close, obviously, since it was, like, on the farm. I think it said, like, 600 feet away or something like that, so. And they all claimed to be innocent of this crime when Solomon said they were guilty of it. Mm. So, a little flashback to when they found Solomon. They also had found that Mary, the other Mary, and Pokey, um, were suspected to be involved after they talked to him a little bit. And instead of allowing a mob to serve what they believe to be justice a lot of white people in this town actually went to great lengths to protect the four suspects in order to gain justice through the law or the way you know things should be done yeah uh so solomon was taken back to the pollard farm after his arrest or capture and then taken by the police inside of the house where he was given a preliminary hearing so to speak i don't know i think they just questioned him probably and then mary and pokey were also arrested at this time while abernathy was still unaccounted for and like Solomon, they too were given preliminary hearings. As all of this is happening, you can bet that as these hearings took place, a mob began gathering outside armed with guns and ropes. They did not give a fuck about the law or any sort of trial because obviously black people in 1895 were guilty until proven guilty. Yeah. So the constable who was inside with a few other men helped organize a plan in order to keep the suspects safe. He gained the attention of the crowd. And while the suspects were taken out the back door, or they were taken out the back door and into the woods where they would hike all night to Lunenburg Courthouse, which was 16 miles away from the farm. That is nuts. I know. Man. I mean, I guess it's better than being, like, lynched, well, though, so. Sure, but, like, what a <laughs> yeah. fucking life. Like, I know. And what's even crazier is this, um, one of the chicks was pregnant. One of the Marys. And I she's think. up all fucking night. Yeah. Trouncing through the woods. Oh, yeah. my God. Running from a mop. Literally. Sorry. So... Obviously, the crowd of people that immediately wanted to lynch the three women and Solomon um, grew... (laughs) Sorry. I'm reading what I typed and I'm like, what the fuck was I saying? Anyways, a mob was growing and continued to grow as, like, headlines spread with, like, the most heinous crime ever committed on Virginia soil. And it just fed the hysterical white townspeople. So the town was forced to transfer the four suspects to Petersburg, which was 60 miles away in hopes that they wouldn't be drugged from the jail and lynched. Um, so they had to be transported in, like, a horse-drawn wagon and, like, the bed of it. Like, they hid them. Um, oh, my God. 
and it was escorted by all these armed white dudes who supported the cause. And then again, not to mention this freaking pregnant chick's like hiding in the back of this fucking buggy taken 60 miles away. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, The governor at the time, who had been elected two years earlier, named named Charles O'Farrell, was very much conservative, but he was also considered um, very, like, I guess he was like a goody two-shoes. So, it was like he didn't like the whole violence that came with lynchings, and he considered it to be barbaric, and he just wanted them to follow the law and do things the right way, thankfully. So, um... Sorry, it's been a while. It's okay. Uh, sorry, just added this out. You have to get. Okay, yeah. So he's like, "This isn't the way we should be doing things." Um, I don't want to do any of the slinging bullshit. So when the sheriff asked O'Farrell to send troops in July, just a sh- one short month after the murder, to protect the integrity of the trial, he was like, "Hell yeah!" So of course, two infantry units were sent to the prisoners, and uh, yeah. They discarded them, I guess, like the remainder of the trial. So as we know, usually these trials are pretty unfair. Um, All four of our prisoners were illiterate and poor, so they couldn't afford counsel, which means they had to represent themselves against powerful white attorneys um, while a mob stood outside basically waiting to lynch them the entire time. So unfortunately, I'm not sure if they really committed the crime or not, but I feel very often these poor black people... That we hear of in like so many of these cases usually confess to shit they didn't do because they don't want to die or they're threatened or you know whatever so in solomon's case um in his open opening statement he not only confesses but he also claims he personally helped hold lucy down while mary abernathy and pokey barnes hacked lucy pollard up so obviously after hearing this testimony or whatever in his trial because they each had their own trial um the I, jury i do know what you're talking about now. you do really? yeah what god what story was that it might have been forsyth georgia where it was like no he held her down or she held her down and then then they all raped her and it was oh, like really yeah, yeah like i think well because like you were like oh it seems so similar yeah but i it think seems familiar yeah because it was like i was like did heather do this because it seems <laughs> almost exactly like fuck this. those stories are probably yeah. so common during that yeah. time oh man. was it the girl that she was like native or something like that like a princess no or am i imagining that no 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 you're you're not i <laughs> think royalty. you're getting two different i oh, think okay. you're thinking of my hawaii like like queen lily uakalani like um i don't know mm. of any princesses no. but like there was a girl she was like a poor white girl she gets murdered. They're like, this okay. black dude did it because I found a compass or something yeah, in the, in the woods, woods yeah. or a comb with his name on it. Ah, I bet it was him. And yeah. Yeah. And then like did did a mock lynching to get the kid to confess that like, yeah, okay. I did it. And so and then he started just bringing up names and yeah, yeah they were helping. You know, you just make it up as you yeah. go along. So sorry, I did not mean no. to hijack Yeah, that. that's what I was thinking of when um, I was thinking of this because it's almost... Well, the second you said that, I was like, oh, that really is very familiar, but yeah. Yeah, so he said that she helped hold him down while the other girl hacked, and yeah, so the jury found him guilty in nine minutes, and he was sentenced to hang, found guilty of first-degree murder, so Mm. yeah. Um, They took slightly longer to convict the women, um, and there was obviously a total lack of evidence, and all of the women claimed they were innocent. And Pogi Barnes herself even questioned Solomon on the stand. And in one instance, she said, apparently, this was, I guess, on the court record or something. Mm-hmm. Um, she was like, did you or did you not tell the jailer at Petersburg that you saw me on Friday on the road near Fort Mitchell? She asked. 
He said, I don't recollect, Solomon said. Then you tell this jury whether you, when you kiss that, sorry, this is how it's typed out because it's a yeah. quote. So whether you, when you kiss that Bible to tell the truth, told the grand jury and jailer a lie, or are you telling a lie now? What I said the first time was false, Solomon admitted. I'm telling the truth now. Hmm. So she basically got him to change his story on the stand and admit to perjury or whatever. Sorry. So despite Solomon changing his story and not a shred of evidence actually proving his claims, the jury sentenced all three women to 10 years in prison. But then I also read somewhere else that only one of them was sentenced to 10 years in prison. And then the rest, including Solomon, were all sentenced to death. Hmm. So what I find like so funny about this too, is I guess when they read the sentence out, Pokey Barnes just started, like, bursting out laughing, like, hysterically, because she was just like, wow, this is, like, fucking ridiculous. Like, I just proved that he was lying on stand, and you guys are still gonna, like, sentence me. And it's crazy, too. She's, like, illiterate and black and, like, was doing more of a job than the fucking, like, prosecutors were. So, anyways, the Richmond Times afterwards was quoted as saying in support of the women, they have had no trial, and if they are to be judicially murdered under the present program the life of none of us is safe so yeah yeah. so um what i found cool about this case is that unlike our other stories where they are sentenced and all that um these women had people out there like backing them up and supporting them and thankfully these people were all from the black community and one of them happened to be the chief councilman of the weekly black newspaper and his name was john mitchell he also happened to be a state Republican. Sorry. It's okay. The way I typed this out. So I did it on not actually Word because, yeah. as oh. you know, my computer got fucking smashed. That's and then right. I got another ghetto-ass computer from my dad and I couldn't get my fucking Word to transfer on there. Anyways. Okay. I typed this on fucking Notepad and it was so confusing because it kept just like going long oh. and long and long. So then I took it to work, and then I pasted it on fucking Word, and then I tried to, like, fix it, but it's confusing as I'm reading this, so sorry. Okay. It's okay. Do what you need to do. Okay, and it doesn't let me, like, edit anything corrected, so it's, like, kind of crazy. Anyways, um, okay, so he was a state Republican activist, and he came to their defense because he was certain they were innocent, and so obviously in the paper he took up their cause and expressed his outrage, and he also found a team of white lawyers to file appeals of their convictions and helped pay the legal fees. So then we also have the first federation of black club women in the city, and it was the Richmond's Women League helping collect money to assist the women in their appeal. And then, surprisingly enough, they also gained the support from some white people, which, yeah, it's pretty shocking, right? So, one of the commanders of the troops guarding the courthouse told a reporter that he had heard almost all of the testimony from the trial, and even he believed the women were innocent. And this was a reporter for a white newspaper, so they obviously took that and was like, wow, like, put out in the paper. So, they actually were gaining a lot of traction, and people were like, wait, maybe they really didn't do it, so... Oh, wow, it's just occurring to you, maybe (laughs) they didn't do it. Yeah, so not only did it headline the newspaper, but a news statement from Solomon did as well, which, in this news story, Solomon claims that he lied about everything, and that the three women had nothing to do with it, and he blamed, like, a new person, but he kept changing his story so much, people were like, we don't know if we can really believe you, but they also were like, well, 
maybe there really is something here. We have a lot of questions. Even if this new story is a lie, like this shit isn't making sense and we need a fucking trial, like a new trial. So not only did the women and Solomon all get new trials, um, some other crazy shit was going on, I guess, too, in the papers. Like they were like all fighting with each other. Like some people thought they were guilty. Some thought they were innocent. Um, there was claims that a defendant told lies due to like romantic jealousy circulating. Um, a fake letter was created and oh put in the paper, like God. claim like claiming to be from one of the women. Like yeah, it was it was really nuts. Um, and then at one point. There was even a statement that three of the jurors had been, like, coerced into voting guilty on the three women. So, mm -hmm. yeah. So, the women were retried. Um, the man who originally intervened and owned the newspaper that I mentioned earlier was able to get an entire team of white attorneys because he knew that a black attorney, no matter, like, how good they were, were would not be taken seriously by the press or the court itself. Um, so, the new team was led by a man named George Wise, and he and his team were able to re-examine the case and find grounds for appeal while examining the court records. So I guess when court had adjourned in mid-trial, the judge was required to charge a sworn officer to keep the jury together and to keep them away from outsiders. And his charge was, like, never recorded. So they were able to actually get um, all of them re- like get like a mistrial or whatever i guess that's what yeah. it is yeah so yay yeah. um <laughs> so lunenberg was like so pissed about this they tried to overturn it and they even had the future governor of virginia william hodges man try to intervene and he realized that the opposition had a strong case he tried to file a nunk pro tunk order which what yeah it means now for then i guess but the order was denied thankfully and the appeals court granted each defendant a new trial so, Mary Barnes was so afraid that she would be sentenced to hang since she was one of the ones who got, like, the 10-year sentence. Um, she was like, I don't want a new trial, like, whatever. So, next was Solomon. Um, he was the first to be retried, and after a two-day trial and an 18-minute deliberation, he was again found guilty of first-degree murder. Uh, Miss Mary Abernathy was then retried with her trial lasting longer than the original four trials, like, all combined. Whoa. And again, after a deliberation of only five minutes, she was found guilty of first-degree murder and sentenced to hang again. And then finally, the trial of Pokey Barnes, which seemed to be taking the same course as the others, finally helped make a turning point in all of this. So the guy who was a county prosecutor um, named, I think I'm going to say this wrong, but I'm not sure. It's just ASA, so Asa Watkins. I've heard Asa. Asa, okay. Yeah. So Asa Watkins, he's a county prosecutor. He speaks, like, for the first time during all these trials and is like, after listening to the prosecution's evidence or lack thereof, and then this is his quote. Sorry if I read it horribly. It confuses me how they spoke back then. Oh, <laughs> so. dude. I, I get it. Or were there a lot of whys Yeah, and I'm just shit? like, I'm just like, uh, it just, like, confuses me when I'm, like, reading them. I'm like, how the fuck? Anyways. Yes. Okay. <laughs> so, and now that all the evidence in the possession of the Commonwealth has been given... In, I cannot believe that it is sufficient to justify the jury bringing in a verdict of guilty. I have reached this conclusion without consultation with anyone. So, okay, that one wasn't that bad. Yeah. Anyways, <laughs> uh, he filed a null prosecchi motion, uh, which it's Latin, yeah. So, um, they dropped the charges against Pokey. So she was released, and then following this, Abernathy's verdict was appealed, and again, she was given another trial, and then this one, she was finally exonerated of the crime, and then finally, Mary Barnes was then pardoned by the governor because of Solomon's unreliable testimonies, 
And he said this about it. And this is that original governor, too, who was like, oh, we're going to make sure that, like, you know, things are done right. So yeah. he was like, the life or liberty liberty of a citizen, however humble, is too sacred in the eyes of civilized man to be taken upon the testimony alone of a self-convicted perjurer and murderer. Every mandate of justice and dictate of conscience require that the prisoner be restored to her liberty. So thankfully, after a lot of bullshit and fighting and I don't know how many trials, all three women were exonerated, which... It's crazy because I don't think we've ever like actually heard of this happening in yeah, this it, kind of a case. It's usually ends in the absolute yeah. worst way possible. Yeah, so it's actually like wow, like pretty. There's some sort of justice. Amazing, yeah. Here. Not for the woman hacked, but yeah. like because we still don't know who the yeah. fuck did that. Yeah, and so yeah, especially too because of just like how things like went for the south from here too is like yeah. not up. So, um, yeah, they were all exonerated of the claims, except for Solomon, obviously, mm-hmm. obviously, which, I mean, he kept changing his fucking story and taking the blame for the murder and so many different versions of, like, different confessions. I think it was him. I honestly do, too, because it's just, like, kind of weird. It's He's like, too right? shady. Yeah, and he did have the $20 like, bills, where yeah. it's like, okay, dude, like, so, yeah, so... In fear of dying, now that he was literally, like, sentenced to hang, he tried one last time to accuse a white man by the name of David Thompson of holding him at gunpoint and forcing him to kill Lucy in hopes um, of avoid of <laughs> in hopes of avoiding being hung, and he said that he paid him to do it, blah, 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 whatever. So, this guy he accused had an alibi that night, and then, I guess it was, like, four other businessmen, and they all were like, yeah, we were with him, and, like, testified to this, so... That was, like, Solomon's final lie or story Mm -hmm. that he decided to stick with until the day he was hung. And no one will ever know if he was really guilty or innocent. I guess no one will ever know if, like, who killed fucking Lucy. But, I mean, I think it was him, honestly, I guess, so. Uh, Just way too shady. Yeah. He's just weird and, like, blaming all these women. Especially, like, three black women where it's like, what the fuck, dude? So, um, a woman wrote an amazing book about this all, though. And she believed that all four of them were innocent. She believed that Lucy was most likely killed by someone jealous of Edward Pollard and his success. Um, And this book was called A Murder in Virginia of Southern Justice. And it was by Suzanne Lesbuck. And all of these other sources that I have all... Like, she was their source. So, she wrote this, like, crazy book. She was, like, I think a history teacher. Mm -hmm. And she really focused, though, in, like, her book on, like, the whole, like injustice and racism and everything mm-hmm. involving it and like just how crazy the story really was and really like got into like a lot of detail about it so yeah but um my other sources were web page murder by gaslight i don't know that's the name of the web page yeah. uh so and then it was an article or a story written by th- someone who i don't know that i couldn't find their fucking name on the page and but it did have the source which was the suzanne lesbuck oh, chick cool. yeah yeah so then um the commonplace article truth or dare by suzanne lesbuck yep. and then a washington post article by jonathan yardley called a case of racism and injustice with an unexpected ending and then the final article i used was from jstor.org and it was by joshua rothmans mm-hmm. and his was just a review of the fucking book um, a murder in Virginia because I don't want to read it. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, those are all my sources. Basically, just nice. that fucking book. Yeah. But <laughs> you sound like me with that other book. Yeah, like, uh, I don't want to fucking do this. Yeah. So, but yeah, that was my story. And yeah. Well, cool. I mean, sad for that woman that got like hacked to death, and that they were so focused on these women that it's like, it, even if that one dude did do, do it, 
Like, okay, maybe you got him, but like yeah. you, you were so focused on these people that like you just let all this other shit go. just completely yeah. ignore it, whatever. Uh yeah, so Yep. Well that was great. <laughs> so Yeah, sorry. I feel like after going so long and not recording, I start to get very you sounded, rusty. You okay. sounded good, man. Okay. You just sounded like you were here telling a story. So no worries. I'm probably going to be all over the place, too. I typed mine very strangely as well. Okay. I don't know how well it's going to come across. All right. But, all right, Virginia. I covered just Jamestown. So this is just like a 20-year period of Jamestown. Wow. When they okay. first land, well, not the very, very first ones. That's Roanoke. I actually was going to ask if you wanted to do that one. Oh, because that's like there's some big mystery where did they go what happened to these people because like you're like the mystery person you love that (laughs) um so anyway this is after that so now this is like the first successful settlement okay so imagine you decide it's time to change the scenery find some new opportunity elsewhere discover yourself find your fame and fortune in a new place now pretend you have no car and no one else you know does either Planes and mechanized boats are nothing anyone has ever even thought of. No bottled water, no canned food, nothing battery-operated has been invented yet. There's no heating, there's no air conditioning. Uh, The only way to move great distances over water is in a wind-fueled boat, full of scurvy and moody passengers who are just as cold, wet, and miserable as you are. The new world awaited with little to no information about what it might be like, other other than the one thing they thought would be the success to their colony and that was a land filled with gold they really thought they were just gonna like scrooge mcduck dive into i think a (laughs) fucking pile of gold um so in december of 1606 motherfuckers people with big old balls got on three boats to head off to north america and they did not so they left in december of 1606 and it wasn't until like springtime of 1607 that they actually got to chesapeake bay we're talking like six months on a fucking boat. Oh my God. I just cannot. And it something about, I think they got lost or they were like navigating a little too. They were like, yeah. ah, where do we go? So Yikes. anyway, among those in the group was John Smith, the John Smith, uh, who, when they arrived to their destination, had him locked up for trying to gather people together for a mutiny. Because I guess he was getting pissed. This guy doesn't know what he's doing. We were taking too long to get to the new world. Yeah. So we tried to, like, get people together to mutiny. And then he got, or like, locked up and shackled and shit. Um, but, yeah, so that John Smith that you Ooh. saw in the horrible Disney movie attempting to tell <laughs> the story of Pocahontas. But really quick, before we get into the, into the Jamestown, we're going to talk about John Smith. I, what's your impression of John Smith? I don't f- even know if I have one. Like, he's just, like, a... Like all a I dude. know is, yeah, I'm, like, just some random fucking guy. I know him from Pocahontas, which yeah. is inaccurate. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, only because, like, I know for a while there it was, like, okay, John Smith, Disney movie, he saved Pocahontas. And yeah. then it was, like, oh, that's a cartoon. That's bullshit. Yeah. And then, and then it turned into, like, I feel like it slowly morphed over the years of, like, John Smith was a piece of shit. That's Fuck what that I've guy. heard, yeah. In reality... I, he was no worse than most of the people at that time. And in fact, might have been one of the good ones. Oh. So this guy is not quite the monster we've been led to believe. Um, I don't think he was a great 
a great dude with a clean record, but he was not the derelict that people have been trying to convince us he is. So John Smith was kind of a stud. He was born in 1580. His father died when he was 16. He was an apprenticing uh, with a merchant, and then he served abroad in the English army. So he went to France to help fight with the Dutch against the Spaniards. He served on a pirate ship in the Mediterranean Sea before he went to Austria to join forces with the Holy Roman Empire against the Ottoman Empire, earning him the rank of captain. So I just always assumed John Smith was like this know-nothing dude that didn't do shit and was kind of a dick. He fucking did shit. Um, So anyway, he gets, when he gets captured, um, oh, so he's fighting in Transylvania in 1602. He's wounded, he's captured by the Turks, and he's sold into slavery. He kills his possessor. He travels across Russia, Poland, and North Africa before he makes it back to England. John Smith is like a fucking (laughs) dude doing shit. So anyway, okay. Uh, there is a lot that about John Smith that is bullshit, but like he did stuff. So there's a ragtag group of misfits full of hopes and dreams that lands in Virginia to begin their centuries long oppression with the local inhabitants as well. Those, those shipped in from other countries. Uh, so yeah, they instantly got into it with the Indians. Like this, <laughs> like they land and there's already shit that's starting with the Indians, you know? So like, Within the first few days, they were attacked, which is understandable. Uh, Luckily, the boats hadn't left. So I guess, so they're kind of inland, but the boats on the shore are able to kind of like, they know that they're being attacked. So they just like start firing their fucking cannons and shit into into the forest. And like, it works. So like, those first assaults on the, on the colony, they go away pretty quickly. But I mean, it's centuries long. So yeah, for that, that, at least that first encounter, the boats kind of help, but then... But then the boats leave, so now they're a little defenseless, and, like, they are on their own. Um, I mean, but no matter, they they feel like the most important business to attend to is to find gold. Um, Okay. And I I had a hard time finding information about this. And this is the Library of Congress website. Like, they wouldn't lie about this. There's no backstory. Something happened where 200 Indians ended up dead as well as some of the colonists hmm. within like the first few like months, I think of being there. So like, I can't, I would, I could imagine the government hiding that that happened, but yeah. they wouldn't just say that it happened. So I think it happened. I just don't know what happened. Huh. Um, the settlers arrived a little late to the party. They had no time to get a crop going, no food storage, and they did not acquire a fresh water well. So these two simple things caused a lot of people to die, like right off the bat. In August of 1607, a wave of dysentery, severe fever, and other ailments from a combination of bad water, gross mosquitoes, and limited food rations caused the first mass casualty uh, casualties because it doesn't really seem like these soft men that bobbed onto shore had really any clue as to what they were doing. Um, sometimes as few as five people at a time were well enough to bury the dead. So there were around 100 start, uh, settlers when they started, and since there were different tribes around the area, some well, oh, whoops, I actually got two senses mixed up. Yeah. So anyway, there were 100 settlers to start by the end of that first winter, I believe. Or that summer, there was only like 38. Oh, no, sorry, it was the winter. The 38 to survive that first winter. So Smith does survive oh, that okay. first winter. So that's like over half the people they know yeah. died. Oh my gosh, that's yeah. fucked up. Um, so while people were busy dying at Jamestown, the captain that took that first group of settlers that went back to England, um, he gave a shining report. Everything's great. You know, there's no way of really knowing how well or poorly things are going because everyone's writing by letter, you know, to get information. 
Um, and it wasn't until 1608 that the captain sailed back to Jamestown. Not only so he brought more people with him to starve to death later, and then he also brought. This is really annoying because they don't bring agriculture people. They're not bringing fishermen. Yeah. They're bringing goldsmiths. They're bringing gold refiner people. Like Who this the is hell? what they're focused on. Like <laughs> yes, gold. Fuck yeah. Um, so they show up. A whole bunch of people have died. That's really sad. And then one of the new people that comes off the boat accidentally burns everybody's fucking houses down. What? All their all their lines of houses that just all gets burned down because oh this new gosh. motherfucker that showed up burns it down. So it's like, thanks, we all died, and then you burned our shit down. <laughs> <laughs> so then, oh, and 1608 is the year the first woman arrives. Oh, oh my god, they didn't really Wait, get so into that. So it was that. all men. It had all been oh, men wow. up until that point. Every single one. So. Okay, but in December of 1607, when John Smith, so like going, taking it back a little bit, sorry, okay. like that first time that they showed up on shore, but like December 1607, John Smith meets with the chief, uh, and then he, oh no, shit, sorry, I got some, remember when I was like, I don't know, I don't know if I did this right. Yeah. I don't think I did this right. Okay. Some of the information was confusing. I'm going to try to summarize it as best I could. Basically, okay. when John Smith meets Pocahontas, her real name is Matawaka. She has another name she's known by. I feel bad. I didn't write it down. But I like Matawaka. I think it's really cool. And yeah. Pocahontas was a nickname, which kind of meant like mischievous child or something oh, okay. like that, which I think is cute. Yeah. So, you know, and this is after he's been, like, captured or something. He's captured for almost, like, a year by the chief, I think. But oh. this is when, like, Pocahontas, oh, he tells this tale of she put her head over my head and stopped them from taking, you know, it off of my body. And oh. um, But she would have realistically been, like, 10 to 12 years old oh. when they met. Later on in his life, he tried to drum it up as a romance to, like, sell his books. Oh, okay. That's it. There's yeah, okay. no evidence, anything, especially her age and his age. Yeah. Just it really was not. And I, the tribes people would have skinned him alive yeah. if he had actually ever tried anything. Anyway, so, um, people are there. They're focused on gold. I don't know why I had this random thing of John Smith. I think I accidentally put the two paragraphs in the oh, wrong spot. Good. Okay, well, this is the podcast. People, <laughs> sorry, everyone. Um, so yeah, like I said, they're not putting any effort into agriculture, not hunting, just gold. Um, one of the colonists said there was no talk, no hope, no work, but dig gold, refine gold, load gold. Um, a couple different dudes were in charge of Jamestown before John Smith took over in September of 1608. Um, Smith had made a practical yet harsh rule. He made the rule, he that will not work shall not eat except by sickness or he be disabled. So tough ruling, but you've got to give the man some credit because in his leadership, no settlers died of starvation hmm. and the colony survived the winter with minimal loss. And the other thing John Smith was really good at uh, was he was constantly trying to broker peace with the Algonquins, which was like the nation that um, Pocahontas was a part of. But they were locally known as the Powhatans because that was like kind of what the chief was known, uh, that what he went by. But his real name was, I can't say it, <laughs> Opechinacau. No. Oh. Fuck. Okay. <laughs> 
So Smith first met with the leader on a small expedition the first weeks of arriving. Um, and then, yeah, in December, he meets. Yeah, see, I got it all mixed up. Yeah, he meets the chief's daughter, Matuaka, okay. better known as Pocahontas. Um, during that time, she's supposed to life, but sweet, but probably not true. And then everything I already said. Uh, in any case, Smith is doing his own thing. He's running the fort when more people show up. Uh, the useful boat that would have had supplies in it crashed in Bermuda somewhere. So, like, it almost got there. Hmm. And then, but, so some other boats make it, uh, and then there's just a boat trapped in the Bermuda, or in Bermuda somewhere, hmm. just waiting to get to the New World. Uh, so the people that do appear are not super useful. Um, they have orders for someone else to take charge like someone else is supposed to show up there and be in charge of the colony that guy's in bermuda st stuck you know um so they vote in this guy george percy which i think is the fat guy they portray in oh pocahontas that's funny which and he was not that way anyway and it doesn't matter okay <laughs> <laughs> so uh so he's just gonna be in charge until this dude shows up smith is resistant he's pissed he's like i don't think you should take charge i've been in charge of everything he eventually concedes and goes yeah okay you can take charge after i finish off this certain amount of like this certain amount of time but it doesn't really matter because john smith accidentally hurts himself when a gunpowder bag goes off i guess on him and he like acquires these burns and then he has to go back to england in september of 1609 hmm. this is where it gets good laura i swear it's a good thing John Smith leaves, that his powder explodes, because <laughs> everyone in Jamestown is about to fucking die. Uh, Smith had been the only one to successfully negotiate with Chief Powhatan, um, so when Smith leaves, the chief grew tired of all of these white people's mm -hmm. troubles. Uh, he decides he's going to starve out the colony. They had been so reliant on the Indians, giving them food, because wow. they were focused on gold, um, that the chief decides, fuck it, we're going to starve them out. We're not going to help them anymore. Uh, so, and they also don't want the colonists like getting too far away from the fort. So if somebody is too far away from the fort, they just fucking kill you. Like we're not, we just would rather you go away. So the settlers are starting to panic. Um, it's a really bad winter. They start eating the horses. Then they start oh, yeah. eating the dogs. Then they start eating the cats. Then they start eating the mice and the rats. Um, and there's only one solid example of cannibalism. So for sure, Jamestown, the first few years, there's 100% evidence of cannibalism. They ate a girl of 14. So it, this was the 1610 um, year. It's known as the starving time in which hundreds died only in one winter. So it says literally one-fifth of the inhabitants were left by the time that winter happened. Um, the mentions of cannibalism come from George Percy, who later wrote about it 15 years later. In one case, he had made it admitted to punishing, torturing, and killing a man who had confessed who, oh my God, who had confessed <laughs> to killing, salting, and eating his pregnant wife. Oh my God. There's no proof that it happened, but Percy wrote it. And he's the only one that has this accounting of such an event. Hmm. I don't know. It could have happened. So when archaeologists, right? Yeah. He salted her. Oh my gosh. You got to get a brine. You got to get the, you got to get the <laughs> meat real tight. That was like added on there. Yeah. Like, oh my God. Okay. That's very descriptive. <laughs> he, the man was focused on the flavor. Wow. Okay. Um, so when archaeologists were excavating the site, they found a sort of trash pit, which contained a large amount of bones, which is like really sad that like 
she got thrown in with the rats, you yeah. know? So, like, they just took her and, like, they just found that hacked bones of a 14-year-old girl. So no one can say for sure not, but they're pretty sure that she died naturally. She was not killed for the purposes of eating. Mm. Not No way to say for sure, but yeah. they're pretty sure. Uh, Dave Owsley, a forensic archaeologist, he said, The chops to the forehead are very tentative, very incomplete. Then the body was turned over, uh, and there were four strikes to the back of the head, one of which was the strongest and split the skull in half. A penetrating wound was made to the left temple, probably by a single-sided knife, which was used to pry open the head and remove the brain. So they said they're pretty sure they removed the brain quickly, like, first, because that's what spoils the fastest. So they used fucking all of her. Um, One thing for sure, the body was dismantled for consumption. There had... I guess there has always been speculation that there was, um, like, human flesh consumed uh, cannibalism in Jamestown. But, like, mm-hmm. it seemed more like old wives' tale, yeah. mythology, ha uh, But it wasn't until that evidence of the 14-year-old hmm. girl was uh, brought up that it was proved. So wow. the archaeologist described the butcher as inexperienced as sloppy with, in regards to her face. Um, it says, aside from the skull being cracked open, there were also four shallow chops on the forehead. There were more cuts and puncture marks on her mandible. Experts even think some of the bones were cracked open to retrieve the marrow. Oh. And that they said they could tell us a more skilled butcher worked on her legs. That's which is fucking crazy. Yeah. So the starving times were indeed terrible, but there was probably more to that story than just not being able to eat. Um, Another contributing factor to the illnesses and weaknesses that came from malnutrition was being exposed to toxins from their well water. So a historical geographer, uh, Carville Earl, thinks that the water had quite a lot to do with the illnesses. Jamestown Island is in a zone of the river that during certain times of the year is surrounded by salt water. It's like a sewer that never gets flushed. The colonists are drawing water out of the same place where human and animal waste are being deposited. And the water levels were also, they were beyond the saltiness levels where it's safe for humans to drink. So they were like accidentally poisoning themselves and they're malnourished and it's fucking freezing because it's winter in Virginia. They were having a really bad go of it. So, because where they landed, they chose this marshy peninsula because they were never sure if they were going to get attacked by Spain. Like, I, everyone was fighting, like, who's going to get there first and, you know, mark their territory. So they're just waiting for the Spanish to attack. Um, they also assumed where they were was a good spot to defend against the Indians. It wasn't until 2003 that archaeologists were able to locate the fort's entire perimeter. So I guess they've actually found, like, where it was for sure. Um, up until then, everyone had assumed that the remnants had been lost to the river, and it wasn't until 2012 that the evidence for cannibalism had been found. By the time spring rolled uh, around, those that were left were getting ready to abandon the fort, much like Roanoke. In 1610, though, a bro named De La War, this is real, D-E space L-A space W-A-R-R, De La War, mm-hmm. he showed up with literally a boatload of supplies. So everyone's busy. They've all died. They've eaten a girl, mm-hmm. right? They have no horses, no cats, no dogs left. Uh, finally, this motherfucker shows up. Um, and he brings more people, but he brings real supplies. So he shows up with orders to declare martial law as well. Um, I'm not sure how well this worked, but either the boat that crashed in Bermuda hitched a ride with De La War or... Or they arrived at the same time as De La War with a patched up ship. I'm not sure. So remember that boat that's trapped in Bermuda? 
they make it. Hooray. Wow. So Thomas Gates, he's the guy that was supposed to be in charge when for that fucking first oh, okay. winter that he luckily missed and was hanging out in Bermuda, yeah. you know? Um, so yeah, he shows up and uh, De La War shows up and also a man named John Rolfe, who is an extremely important person in American history and whatever. And this is actually <laughs> the guy that ends up marrying Pocahontas. Oh, um, he's also brought with him the one thing that makes this colony successful and that's tobacco seeds oh he brought them with him from bermuda where i think i guess they were also growing them but at that time uh shit i wonder if i'm gonna accidentally talk about this twice at the time uh selling tobacco seeds was highly illegal because spain had a complete and oof i can say it total control of the market Hmm. so it was illegal anywhere for you to sell tobacco seeds wow. to somebody that was not a Spaniard. And that it was like penalty upon death. Like wow. they would fucking kill you if you <laughs> sold tobacco seeds to someone. So John Rolfe somehow gets these tobacco seeds. But I don't yeah. know. What's Spain going to do about it? Yeah. Fucking nothing. <laughs> so anyway, here comes De La War with his big man orders to take over, which I'm sure uh, with what everyone just went through, George Percy does not fucking mind at all. Like, yep, you can have this train wreck. Uh, but the big new swinging dick in charge wants more from the Indians and they don't want to give it and they give a little snarky attitude about it. So this is like one of their first interactions with De La War. Um, he doesn't like that they won't give him food and he ta- gets a whole bunch of dudes and they just attack a nearby Powhatan village They and burn all of their fucking food. They burn their corn. The fuck? Isn't that what you're after? Yeah. They kill about 15 people. They destroy the village. And there was like, they, they said a queen, but I don't know what, what regards that means. Mm. You know what I mean? So and anyway, there's a queen or at least a p- person, a position of power. They take her and her children. They throw the children into the water and they shoot them. And mm. then they take the queen into the woods and like stab her, basically. Oh like that was how that all ended. Yikes. So and then the English did what they do best after they've run everybody off. They claim the land is their own. So De La War is sort of known. Like this, he's known in history as unnecessarily fucking with the Indians. So this checks out. They also named Delaware after him. Oh, really? That also checks out. Oh my God. Yeah. So this violent motherfucker, they're like, yeah, we're going to name a state after (laughs) you. So in 1611, Sir Thomas Dale lands with 300 soldiers, supplies, and livestock. Um, He discovers that Still no corn has been planted. These motherfuckers showed up in 1607. It is 1611. They still ain't got corn fucking planted. Um, And it's a real bummer when this guy shows up too because he has so many horrible rules. He wants everybody to follow. Um, They said mostly for the soldiers, but I mean, it's it's for everybody. Um, So upon his arrival between him, De La War, and Thomas Gates, they compose what is known as Rules Divine, Moral, and Martial. Here are some of the rules that everyone has to follow. Everyone has to attend uh, attend church twice every Sunday. There's very specific rules on how to dispose of a body, which is, that one's understandable. Totally get that. (laughs) Um, Regulate trade with Indians. So, like, you are not allowed to trade unless permission has been given. Um, Prohibit any unnecessary killing of livestock. So, like, you do not kill a fucking cow unless you have been told it is okay to kill that cow or that horse or whatever. Um, Require house and bedding to be kept clean. Um, and then exposing of human waste within a half mile of the fort. 
they sound actually not crazy. Yeah. But then what is insane is the punishments that accompany that. So for the first or second offense, I couldn't quite tell. But for bad-mouthing the church, the king, or God forbid the Virginia company in which this whole thing is being funded by, um, Thomas Dale would have a bodkin put through your tongue, which is just a giant fucking needle. So that's just a little reminder that, like, you do not fucking talk about any church member, the king, nothing. And then, like... That's only for, like, the first or second offense. Like, the third offense, like, you die. Like, death penalty. So, anyway, so that's, like, that. And then um, he's imposing whippings, physical punishments for gambling, for failing to attend church, fornication, adultery, any unnecessary killing of livestock or stealing. So then the things that would get you the the death penalty, like I said, blasphemy, uttering treasonous words or words critical of the company, murder, sodomy, robbery, uh, robbery, swearing false oaths, bearing false witness, trading with Indians without permission, stealing from Indians and other shit like that. So that was all totally mm-hmm. death penalty worthy as far as Thomas Dale is concerned. So luckily the rules uh, weren't in for long. Apparently it was like the... The fucking fort was, like, out of control in terms of, like, it just wasn't functioning well. Like, they needed some guy to come in there and, like, crack the whip. And he might have cracked it a little too hard, but, like, he was there to put shit straight. Yeah. Um, so it wasn't until after several years that the colony was able to start learning or earning some kind of income, most notably from John Rolfe's tobacco. Uh, but before that happens, a lot of drama has to go down between the Indians and the colonists. Pocahontas was held captive for nearly a rear. Uh, pff, I can talk. I swear to fucking God. Pocahontas was held captive for nearly a year, around 1613 to 1614. John Rolfe uh, took her back to Chief Powhatan to negotiate a truce. And this is where the two are married, and she converts to Christianity and changes her name to Rebecca. Ew. Right? <laughs> Sorry, that's my little sister's name. But she hates it too. And then she found out that my mom only named her Rebecca because it means obedient. Oh my gosh. Isn't that fucking creepy? Okay. So anyway, it is sad that she like converts to Christianity and like everyone understands like why people focused on this story because it seems like, oh, this savage was tamed by white people. She loved our culture and she loved our religion and she was so willing to let go of her past. You know, so like just this whole bullshit narrative when in reality it was probably a political move to try to keep peace between like her people and their people you know yeah. um but in 1615 uh john rolf sends back the first tobacco sample to england it quickly becomes synonymous with the quality of <clears throat> um spain's tobacco if not better which rubs spain the wrong way but whatever king james hated tobacco but he was happy enough to profit off of it but it pissed him off like apparently he fucking hated tobacco This is his quote about tobacco. A custom so loathsome to the eye, hateful to the nose, harmful to the brain, dangerous to the lungs, and a black stinking fume thereof, nearest resembling the horrible uh, Stygian smoke of the pit that is bottomless. So he did not fucking like smoking. And I know I said that word wrong. I don't know how to pronounce Stygian or Stygian or S-T-Y-G-I-A-N. What the fuck is that? I could look it up. I don't want to. Sadly, in 1617, when visiting England with her husband and son, Pocahontas dies from illness. So not long after that, in 1618, her father also passes away. Um, This leaves tensions really, really high between the colonists, the the settlers, and the natives. 
1619, the first Virginia assembly is gathered to make laws specifically for the colony. Um, 1619 is also the first year Africans are brought to Virginia, transported on either a Portuguese or a Dutch slave ship from the West Indies. Um, in the very beginning, they would work mostly as indentured servants, and it wasn't until the 1680s that North America developed its race-based slavery system. And... 1620, the Mayflower arrives, starting the mythology of desperate peasants seeking religious freedoms. Around this time, there are about a thousand people living in Jamestown, but settlements are being built along the river, especially since many Indians have now been chased out. In 1622, many Powhatans attack settlers, killing over 300, um, and pretty brutally, too, like whole families. Like, they fucking knock people out. By 1625, King James announces the Virginia Company bankrupt, and a whole new chapter begins that I don't have time for. <laughs> the end. Oh. So that's about a 20-year period of Jamestown. That was how it got started. That was John Smith, Pocahontas. Like, there was so much shit, oh. dude. Like, fucking... At first, I was nervous. Like, do I have enough here? And then I kept accidentally, like... And then this happened. And then this yeah. happened. And here's 50 other fucking things that <laughs> happened. And look, they ate people. And the oh. Indians are killing 300 of them at a time. You know, like, it's oh. just so crazy. All right. My my sources. Um, I got a few articles from the Smithsonian. One by Jackie Mansky. Another by Jeffrey L. Scheller. Another by Joseph Stromberg. NPS.gov article by Edward Reagan. A History.com article. Uh, there was actually a few. One by the History Editors. Another by Jenny Cohen. Um, one by Crystal Ponty, um, and the last one, Annette McDermott. Um, I got one from encyclopediavirginia.org by Brent Tarter, another article by biography.com by the biography editors, Britannica.com, an article by David A. Price, and then the Library of Congress was an incredibly resourceful um, tool, so I would highly recommend that. And those were all of my sources. That was basically... Jamestown in a very vague nutshell. <laughs> I really tried to fit it all in there. Nice. So there you go. Um, <laughs> I got nothing else to add. How about, okay. Right. You look really tired. Are you okay? Yes. I'm okay. Fine. <laughs> yes. No, I'm good. Okay. Well, all, all right. right. Woo. We did it. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, oh, also. I don't know, since we're talking about Indians and shit. Watch Reservation Dogs. The new season is out. So, okay. That's it. Hey. That's all I got to add. We'll see you next time. See you next time. Bye. Right. Bye.